0: the lakes beautiful minnesota welcome to the soda pod Isha should me here alongside the state of hoppy and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening what's up
1: man it's been a week big it, sigh it has, huge sigh <laughs> i've just going into a full week after deer hunting opener i'm spent Like, I'm spending the whole week trying to catch up, never really had a chance to catch up, because, of course, that's when we have the Pacific Road trip. All the games are at 9, even 9.30. That was tough. Um, And then, of course, Saturday, which is supposed to be my low-key day, all of a sudden turned into bouncing all over the place, staying up late day, so... Yeah, like I'm just kind of all day football today and hockey. So not even all day football today. Just just one extensive game that we'll get into here. Holy fuck, though. Yeah. Ooh. Between
0: well, between the late games, uh, the late wild games earlier this week, me being sick, UFC and Cage Wars Saturday. Then yeah, that stressful ass wild game today.
1: I gotta say I'm a little spent too, man. <laughs> it's it's been one, but. Huh. I mean, we the the I'd say probably the highlight of the week. Isha got out there yes. to support our boy Chris Kelly live out at the Narrows. Uh, I'm just gonna call it Mound. It's not Mound, but I don't really give a shit. It's my show. I'll call it what I want. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Chris Kelly, unbelievable performance. Did a lot of Elton John covers, which he absolutely crushed. Uh, loved the Billy Joel songs as well, and basically just got the crowd vibing with like whatever they wanted to hear. I love how he had his big tip jar there, and he's like, hey, you you buy me a drink or throw a couple bucks in there, I'll play whatever song, and <laughs> whatever song you want. And I mean, Chris Kelly, A, such a beauty, such an awesome human, and an incredible musician. So, I mean, support him, find out where he's playing next, folks. Again, such an entertaining musician in person. He just gets wherever he's playing Buzzing like everybody there was getting into the music, everybody there was dancing. Chris Kelly.com, and he's on all social media. Hell, if you want to throw him a few bucks of Venmo to support his music, you should go do that. Uh, he's telling me though, he will send me a few of his cover songs or sorry, his few of his originals because he does have a few recorded
1: though, he doesn't play too
0: many of them out uh-huh. in public. He says,
1: and Really, what that money's going to go towards, as we've learned over a couple of different meetings. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's all going towards uh, the jersey collection, which, holy shit, is it expansive? Uh, I mean, we spent a good 20, 25 minutes after the show just talking about it. Put it this way. For everyone listening, if you think you have a jersey collection, just (laughs) you don't compared
0: to this guy. Like, it's unbelievable.
1: Uh, Who was it? Um, Oh, man, I'm spacing on names now. I feel so bad. Uh, Who did the THPN intros for you guys? Oh, Tom. Tom. I I apologize, Tom. Tom You're probably not listening, but Tom... He was all like excited that he hit like his hundredth jersey for his collection, which like for a normal person, wow, that's yeah. insane. That's well, a Nate,
0: lot. Our buddy at the the Quack Report too. I mean, he he has a he's selling now a lot of his jersey collection to downsize, so he has a lot of them as well. So I'll give him credit. But again, none of you compared to Chris Kelly, like, and that's it is
1: insane. insane and like it is impressive. Like these aren't just like oh I got this jersey. No, no, no. Like they all have a story. They're all like a one of a kind. Like no one else has he, it type thing. He's it's, fighting
0: tooth and nail in auctions to get them. That's, that's the type of jerseys that he hunts for. Well,
1: And then he has several that he's like turned into just massive profit. He's Matt. We'll talk about it more when he comes on, but he was telling us about a Jersey that he really, really came close to buying. It was a game worn Lemieux back in like 88, maybe I can't remember what the specific Jersey or situation was, but he almost bought it for 17 grand. And now that sounds insane folks, 17 grand, he went back on and saw it like relisted for sale. Recently, years recently, later, yeah. yeah, for like seventy grand. So like, <laughs> this is himself a little bit more. <laughs> this is the
0: type of jersey collection that this guy has, and I mean, like you said, the story. I mean, a lot of like. Uh, like the USSR Russian um like military team from way back in the day. He has like Dude, uh, Larry Ondov and 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 and, and it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, you said the history that goes behind some of the jerseys that he has. Yeah. I mean, we were go we were talking a lot at one of the Vikings game day uh celebrations at Back Channel Brewing. I mean, that was his 40th birthday. Yes, we, we know it's your 40th birthday, Chris. We remember. knew we it was his 40th? <laughs> and then uh, and then at his gig the other night too I mean we could have honestly stood there for another hour talking jerseys but I was oh easily <laughs> I was so fucking tired Isha,
1: Isha was so done like <laughs> not done listening just like he was done with life at that point Yeah it was, it was crazy it was, uh, it was a it was a tough week It was, it no. was, the, it was <laughs> Isha you, you got to comment on the lunatics that were passing our table oh, at the end of the show I wish it like this you said I was a beauty A
0: I wish I had my camera still rolling cuz I brought the vlogging camera to like film a little bit of Chris and this one lady just comes and starts just dancing in front of us, and the guys like, "Oh, don't mind her, don't mind her," you know. Just like you're in your 50s, you need you need a little cocaine to pick you up every now and then, you know. The, <laughs> the doctor said I gotta stay off the Percocets, and I was like, "Fuck it." I was I was nice and uh, healthy until my 30s, and that's and that's what your that's what your 30s are for, you know, to to learn how to go hard
1: in your 50s. <laughs> Man, and he, he's he's talking about all this shit with cocaine, and then finally he's like, so then you progress to just crushing up and snorting some Adderall, and there you go, you're good for your 60s. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. He was he was absolutely buzzing. I have zero doubt in my mind that they were both coked out of their minds, but they had a fucking blast. Oh, it was... I'm a little bit jealous of how good of a time it looked like they were both having. Um,
0: That was incredible
1: But yeah she was literally like dancing And she'd like lean in and just like scream the lyrics in my face I'm like you gotta chill out
0: (laughs) Like this is unsolicited I'm not
1: not on your level Like hey if I was like several like whiskeys in We we were fading Maybe I would have been
0: vibing it We were fading at that point at the end of the show The bar was clearing and these two were just going hard (laughs) They gave her They gave her Shout out Chris Kelly I mean puts on a hell of a show And like we said everybody is vibing everybody's vibing at a chris kelly show
1: that they are uh, he's gonna come back to he's gonna shoot me a text like uh, i don't appreciate that you said the Mary Lemieux jersey was selling for 70 dollars $70, it was actually 72 320 <laughs> uh no chris we love you man we're gonna have you on soon we probably need to come out and get a tour like actually on site with some of these jerseys hear some stories that that'll be a segment um, I mean, the
0: keys to the castle are
1: yours, Chris, anytime you want to oh, jump on the podcast. I haven't in a while. That's new. I know, I know. Uh, recycled, not new. Um, okay, I just took a sippy. You should probably yes. do the same. What are we um, drinking, buddy? Holy crap. So what we have here, uh, snatch this uh, month or two back, as some of you might have seen on the Twitter machine. Mm soon to be gone twitter machine everyone says. Oh. <laughs> uh we're not we're not getting into that. Um so we have the immortal toast, but this is a special wow. barrel-aged version, an infused white stout aged in trimalt whiskey barrels. Um only 7.5%, which wasn't expecting. Um Isha first thoughts. Oh, sorry. Need to anyone that doesn't already know from all the times that we've highlighted immortal toast, bad weather brewing right there by the X. One of our big four in St. Paul. I this is me, I guess, not our, but Isha tends to just cower and go with my opinion on beer. So our big four. Yes. In St. Paul.
0: Um wow this is incredible. Like I'm I'm surprised that it's seven percent as well because very much you can taste the whiskey. And usually when that's the case they're like sitting at what 14 15% but this it, it's very it, it's it's very mild it, like it hits you and then it fades you very much get that immortal toast um, flavor that everyone's used to who's tried that but with that just extra kick and I really like I think it complements it beautifully like there's there's put it this way there could be some beers out there where like you, you go through the barrel age process with it and it just it doesn't work and I've, I've tried that before with a few back home um this oh my goodness this is incredible and the fact that it's 7% means that like 7.5 7.5 we we can enjoy this we can we can each share this bottle and, and I can still drive home so, so cheers
1: yes cheers to that <laughs> no it's funny as you were explaining it I was like, you're going a little too hard, but you dialed it back. Like, you definitely get some of the boozy taste, but it's really light, really smooth, and it, it goes away pretty quick. Like, it's right there at the tip of the tongue, and then you kind of lose that aspect. And for those of you that maybe have had the Immortal Toast and thought little sweeter than you'd prefer, like, this is right in your wheelhouse because this, really, totally. barrel-aging kind of takes the sweet out of it. It's basically an unsweetened immortal toast and it's got a little bit, for me, weirdly a smoky vibe to it. Yep. No, totally. Like not heavy. Like there's some people that have the smoky beers and they're like, I don't fucking like smoky beers. I totally get that this shouldn't scare anyone away. And I don't know why we're sitting here pumping it and promoting it because no one can buy it. But hey. We're a beer podcast, if kind they, of. If they do it again, absolutely go out for it. Or just to speak to our boy Andy, who crushes it. Um, hey, anything they release in a bottle, you should probably give a try. And you, guy and kills it. So you you get.
0: I'm, I've been like just taking multiple sips here, just trying to I- explain like what's going on. And you get that the barrel age, the the whiskey taste right away. Then the Immortal Toast, and it just and it complements each other so well. So like you said, it's not overpowering by any means. It's just that that little extra. It, you you said it there. It, it kind of diminishes the sweetness to it a little bit, and it's it hits you. You know it's a barrel age, but it's not overpowering in the sense that like I think anyone getting into barrel age beers this they would probably like this. This, this is, would be a very this good would be gateway. a perfect introductory yeah. one into barrel age, uh, into the barrel age types of of beers out there because some are that we like very very heavy on like the whiskey side, right? Yeah. You can really taste the bourbon and things like that, too, especially if they're in bourbon barrels of uh, some of those heavier uh, like Well, and they, they smack with
1: a lot more flavor, too, not just from the barrel, but also, like, there's additives and stuff in this one. Exactly. It is just way more mellow, chill beer. And I don't know, Isha, if it's because I slugged down four saltines to uh, cleanse the palate there before we drank it, but I get a little bit of a, a dry Aftertaste as well from this. Like, I think it's it, kind of really that, good smo- I think that's that smokiness. And as soon as too. it's gone, yeah, the smokiness yeah. kind of just leaves a little dry, not like in a bad way. That's just, I noticed it because usually with the big barrel aged ones, like I'm like salivating. Yeah. yeah. And this one kind of leaves you just clean and ready to go.
0: And for Tim and Kyle listening, because I'm going to send you guys this one to listen to, they don't listen to all the soda pods, but every now and then I'm like, guys, th- you should listen to this one. This is one that I think Kyle would like more than Tim. Tim likes the heavier you know, the, the heavier T- stuff. Tim there. and I like to party. Yes, you, man, I, Tim, by the way, I open invitation for Tim to come on the podcast. We're working on it because not only can this guy talk beer and he's got stories for days if, if we want to get into weeds on other things, but he's such an incredible hockey mind. He's got a few years on us too. So he's been, he's been following the NHL a lot longer and I can't wait to introduce SodaPod listeners to my boy, Tim. If you haven't seen him on my <clears throat> humble plug YouTube channel, the City Light Project already, you'll be excited to, to hear him on the podcast. So I, uh, Cheers, man. Thanks for sharing this with me.
1: hey uh Last topic here as we uh, wait. Uh, we're actually in the midst of the Wild and San Jose Sharks game. Uh, Isha, we got to talk about it. We went over, hung out with our boy Q, watched the Vikings' overtime victory with the Buffalo Bills. Roller coaster. I mean, compare this to... You're attending Gophers versus North Dakota in the sense that you kind of came out of it and you said, I already fucking get it. Like, I hate North Dakota. I'm so into this now. Like, (laughs) you basically on the spot pivoted from being a Bemidji fan to a Gopher fan like what was it like being able to take in the roller coaster of emotions the ups and the downs of this Vikings versus Buffalo Bills game
0: dude and I and like going into this game I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna invest all my all my energy all my attention into this game and I was like I was like standing up I was like smashing the couch when shit didn't go right it was a roller coaster man and, and now I'm I'm slowly starting to understand this weird relationship that Vikings fans have with their team and that like. The pessimism going into these games is real, especially when they, especially when they like they tease you. They tease you right off the bat, and the opening drives are amazing. You're like, oh again, man, again, again with the fucking opening drive looking great. I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe this team, maybe there's something there, and then, <laughs> and then half the game, blunder after blunder. What are you doing? That, that, that defensive laps, carton. straight milk carton. Defensive laps, offensive laps. If, if not for Jefferson, what is this team, right? And then, Dude. and then the fourth quarter. And not only that, the end of the fourth quarter, half like what five minutes left of the fourth quarter, they they kick it into third gear, and here we go.
1: But dude, straight up, if the Vikings' offense played the way they do for the first drive of the game and for the last like eight minutes of the game, for an entire game, they might be the best team in football. <laughs> they might they be. Might be. <laughs> they might
0: be the team that their uh, that their record uh, <laughs> reflects. They might be that eight and one team. <laughs> right. Man, which again, hey, props to them eight and one on the season, top of their division.
1: Oh, and let's you got to give them credit. Let's be perfectly clear here. So many criticisms and things I'm upset about, but I don't fucking care. No negativity today. They just beat the best team in the NFL. And like kudos, kudos to the team. We have not yet seen the release of Kirko chains. I can only fucking imagine what's going to be happening on the plane ride back but it's going to be incredible yeah it'll be electric
0: absolutely and we'll get into more of the weeds uh on our straight hash homie episode later this week but just wanted to touch on that as still fresh that was kind of what we were doing today on sunday big sports day today with the vikings game and now watching the wild game which uh, we'll talk about in the last segment of the show but before then let's get into some nhl talk this week on the other side
1: Real quick before we get into uh, the NHL talk, uh, sweetest old lady took the dog for a walk while the game wasn't on and just did the you know casual Minnesota high, like in passing. And then she I, I kind of see her doing some analysis, and all of a sudden, like she's just got this vibe and looks up at me and <laughs> says. You sure picked a good day to wear those Zubas. <laughs> and I about fucking collapsed. My dog didn't know what was going on. I stopped walking. It was a whole thing. But yes, that's amazing. it was, it was a good day to wear these Zubas. That's a shout out back channel brewing who probably had an absolutely insane ultimate Vikings game day experience indoors, of course. But hey, all the same uh, NHL. Where do you want to take this? Isha? Let's start with the Vanderkeen. OK, because, wow, we don't we don't
0: see these type of injuries often. And we when we do, they're they're terrifying. They're terrifying for the health of the player. We saw Zet- he was terrified. He was terrified. But I mean, I was I was freaking out too watching this. I mean, we saw, unfortunately, and for, actually fortunate for us, we didn't see it live. But unfortunately, we, we've seen this on YouTube. Richard Zednick. Um, oh, my God. What was it, three years ago? That kid in the OHL, that goalie who got cut um, with his pads and everything still on. It was literally just laying there in a pool of blood as well. I think it was very, very very early when you joined Sodapod. That, that story, uh, well, that incident happened.
1: It was in a fake league, so I didn't know what happened.
0: <laughs> and then now Vander Kane gets his wrist skated over um and slices his wrist open uh what was it it was just a just a week ago now and a really really scary scene there he instantly you know got up and credit to his team and all, and the opposing uh, The opposing skaters on the ice, everyone just cleared a massive path for him just to skate right to the tunnel. And I was I was reading up on this story, and here's a quote from Evander Kane saying, "I got really lucky that we were able to reattach everything. They had to take some veins from up a different part of my arm to help reattach the artery. I got really lucky, unlucky then, but really lucky now. Thankful." and I should have a full recovery. He also described that he was just in such utter shock with this injury and seeing all the blood that was pouring out of his wrist that he was in the trainer's room looking at the doctor and just yelling at him, where's the doctor? I need a doctor. And the doctor was trying to calm him down before they could get him to the hospital saying, I am the doctor, you're going to be fine, we're we're taking care of everything in that he couldn't have any painkillers or anything until he got to the hospital where he fi- where they finally could settle, settle him down and prep him for surgery. But, yeah, man, scary, scary stuff. What were, what were your, like, immediate thoughts, emotions when, when all that went down?
1: I mean, immediate thoughts were definitely, holy fuck, that's terrifying. Um, that kind of shit's crazy when you have just a fluke incident like that where, again, like, the location of the cut, like, that could have fucking killed him.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh my not-so-immediate thoughts were, does Evander Kane pull the Patrick Kane?
0: Because he's out three to four months, et cetera. Right? Three
1: to four months. That takes him potentially to, like, mid-March. Might as well linger in another couple of weeks. And, uh, hey-oh, he gets to carry all the way into the postseason without any cap hit. So, and, and, and all- I mean, e- even bigger, do does Evander Kane pull the Patrick Kane so that the Edmonton Oilers can get Patrick Kane? Oh, like there there's a full circle. That's go,
0: that's going deep.
1: <laughs> and just a reminder for those who have forgotten, it's absolutely the Patrick Kane, not the Kucherov. Patrick Kane executed this flawlessly. He did it first. And guess what? The Chicago Blackhawks go on to win the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay Lightning are the only team that speak out and say they want the rule changed. Everyone else laughs at him, says no. What's Tampa do? Fuck you. Middle finger. We're going to do the same shit, and we're going to win a Stanley Cup with it. So anyone that's even remotely upset with the Tampa Bay Lightning, take a look in the mirror. You are wrong. Know that you're wrong. This is not a subjective thing. You are incorrect. And again, f-
0: obviously, first and foremost, wishing the, the best recovery for Kane. It's crazy. Oh, like when you, when you suffer an injury like that, to even talk about coming back in a few months, because I, I don't know what the rehab is going to well, be, but you you reattest arteries and nerves there. I'm sure you know it's gonna it's gonna take a bit, especially for someone like Van der Kane,
1: who he's paid to score goals. I just didn't even realize how bad it was either. Like you expect, like okay, slit his wrist. Like hopefully they can like get this taken care of and dealt with. Like back down, in a month or two, down to the bone, Down hobby. to the fucking bone. He, he could see insane. his bone.
0: He could see his bone, and you know what's crazy? <laughs> Plug your ears for sex. I know you don't like this stuff. Uh, he said that. As soon... He didn't know what happened at first because he didn't feel pain right away. But he looks down and he had blood squirt in his face. And he was like, ah! Ah. And that's when he realized, I have to get the fuck off the ice right away. So again, the Edmonton Oilers now looking for... A possible trade partner as they as he's actually he's crushing with them right now. I believe he has like thirteen points or fourteen points in sixteen games. He's up there Which is
1: like nothing compared to McDavid and Dreissel. Yeah, because McDavid's won like thirty-two
0: and Dreiside is like twenty-eight. But insane. still insane. But still a very big contributor to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, yeah. look look at what he did when he joined them last season. I mean he was he was part of that core that gave them success in the playoffs or help them give success in the playoffs and this season he's been adding a lot to the team as well so I imagine the Edmonton Oilers are looking for a trade partner, they're going to want to bring in someone who can help score goals until Vanderkin can come back and then perhaps we see him pull the Patrick Kane and, and if so, holy crap the Edmonton Oilers locked and loaded for the playoffs, again there, there's no silver lining to this at all, you never want to see anything no. happen like this, you never want to see an injury,
1: well no there can be a silver lining let's be clear Everything can have a silver lining. True, but that's, you know, we're, we're not going to... But that's not, yeah, that's not what the focus is here. Exactly. Um, Very interesting to see then who might step up. Like, does Dylan Holloway start taking big boy minutes? Do we get...
0: Yeah, in the interim, More of who an steps effort up? out
1: of Yamamoto, or, you know, the analytics community probably assumes it's going to be just Jesse Pujarvi, who's absolute trailer trash. Four points. He's, he's not, he's not good. You watch him play. I don't care what the analytics say. He is not good. I don't, want, I don't care what he did when he was 18 on that stacked finished junior team. dude. <laughs> no, even last year, though, people look at his analytics and say, like, oh, analytics darling, he's so good. No, he's not. I say this all the time. The he analytics not, have not. to match, like,
0: the, the eye tests and analytics have to go hand in hand. If you have one single, if you have one, like, if you just have the eye test, if you just have the analytics, they don't tell the whole story. And clearly, you know, he's not performing to a, a top... First round draft pick that we all thought he that that we all thought he was. But anyways, wish wish all the best in Evander Kane's recovery and interested to see what the Oilers do. Another nasty injury earlier this week as well. Zach Wierenski, man, and I, I I really love this kid. I really love the way he plays. Out for the season with a torn labrum. Oh my goodness, man, that's another huge hit. To the Columbus Blue Jacks. I forget they had another. They had a slew of injuries last last week. At the their athletic reporter, like was tweet after tweet after tweet, and at the end of each tweet, he's like this isn't the end, and he kept going with uh, like a few more injuries. And I mean, you know, Johnny Gaudreau <laughs> was it the wrong destination to sign because they're not winning this year. They're not even going to be close this year.
1: Yeah, you know what though, e- everyone at this point probably labels me rightfully so as devil's advocate. Let's just call me silver lining for this episode because. Guess what? Silver lining for this one. One, this team might get Bedard. Can you imagine a Bedard, Line-A, Goudreau line? Holy shit. That would be fun. I Dude, those canon jerseys would be selling like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. Um. Also, uh, again, this is a silver lining thing. You don't want this to be the case, but... With him out, we get to see what Adam Boquist can do on the back end. Well, that's true. Him having the chance to lead the blue line, go out there and run a power play. Dude has the pedigree. He has the skill. Obviously, he's not going to play over Wierenski in those situations. But now he has his chance. Let's see what the kids got. Maybe he can go out there and he can claim it for himself. Like maybe Wierenski comes back and they like let him play more of like a simplified role. Um Outside of that, yeah, pretty rough. Uh, hey, Johnny Hockey, don't give a shit. He's just happy and comfortable. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not looking great for Columbus right now. I also don't know that losing Warenski means, like, the sky is falling. Like, if you lose Johnny Goudreau, that's certainly going to be a lot more painful. No, of
0: course. They, 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 they did lose just some complimentary players as well, which yeah. obviously well, they, they adds were to the equation. Before
1: the injury, so yeah. it's, it's certainly not going to help. I think... Uh, I think Merzlikins, out of legit starting goalies, has the worst metrics across goaltending, <sighs> yeah. which I do think can be fixed. I think he is quite a solid goalie, but that'll remain to be seen. But yeah, it's it's a bummer. You don't want to see it.
0: Tough week for injuries in the National Hockey League. Two major ones there in Zach Renski and Evander Kane. Again, wishing the best uh, to both of them in their recovery. Uh, flipping the page. Let's talk a little Vancouver Canucks.
1: <laughs> the only positivity we can throw about the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, well, I was gonna
0: start with the negative first, but you know, oh, well,
1: we'll okay. start. We can start with the positive first. Uh, I mean, everyone knows the negative. They suck. Boudreaux won't leave. They won't fire him. So well, that, that,
0: that's just the that's the tidbit. Because I don't know if we talked about it on the on the last podcast episode. And even if I wasn't a Canucks fan, I think we would we would bring this up anyways because it's just absolutely crazy that ownership and then thus the general management the general management in Vancouver. They realistically sh- should have fired the coach. You know, take the name Bruce Boudreaux out of it. Based on how the team has been performing this season, th- the coach would have been fired on any other team. Why haven't they fired Bruce Boudreaux yet, Hoppy? You were telling me this earlier, uh, earlier this week.
1: Oh, straight up. They won't fire him because they're already paying a coach not to coach for them. There is no way the Aquilini family is going to pay two coaches to not coach for them at the same time. Um, and like, this is not just me speculating. Like we've got the, the Elliott Friedmans and the Jeff Merrick's of the world, like basically saying, we all know this is what's happening. And after a big win this week for the team, like you could tell the team was playing for Bruce because he is getting dragged and treated like shit by the head man in the organization, GMJR Jim Rutherford. And basically they just, they want him to quit. No,
0: they absolutely want to force him to quit. And we're pulling for Bruce. Again, you and I Filthy are pull- Bruce, baby. You and I are pulling for Bruce. Minnesota will always pull for Bruce. Fuck the Aquilinis. Fuck Jimmy Rutherford. Bruce, don't fold, buddy.
1: Don't fold. <laughs> well, and if ride we're, it out. If we're being honest, too, most fans are probably cheering for Vancouver to make a turnaround anyways because no one wants him getting Bedard. You know that.
0: Look, man, it's the Canuck way, even if they're last. They weren't. They're not going to get Bedard. Guess
1: what? If they get last, they're still coming up with either him, Mitch or Fantilli, and holy shit, that's a difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, silver lining again. But I mean, yeah, this has been an absolute tire fire for the Canucks this season. I just, I just feel bad for Bruce Bedard. He, we, we all know he, he's a good guy. He's one of the good guys in the hockey world, you know. And with the, with so much negativity in the hockey world these days in hockey culture, Bruce was always that like, that that just shining light, that absolute beauty of a human despite the F bombs in every second <laughs> in every second word. And I, I just feel for him here. You know, he wanted to come to a Canadian team. His last swan song, coaching, a Canadian team in the National Hockey League. And this is how they're treating him? After after the team, the fans and everybody you know, rallied around him last year after he came to the Vancouver Canucks, had such, such success off the bat, you know, salvaged the season for them, and now he's being dragged through the mud, like you said. It just sucks to see, given that I'm a fan of that coach, I'm a fan of that person.
1: Are you new here?
0: A <laughs> uh, little bit, a little bit.
1: Sorry, Vancouver Canucks fans reacting irrationally. No shit.
0: Oh, man. Well, the fans have his back, too, so it just... It just it's just unfortunate uh, to see anyways. And the Canucks blew, again, blowing leads. That's 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 what the Canucks do, man. I mean, even even last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday, 2-0 lead. Toronto ends up winning the game 3-2. And Jordy fucking Ben <laughs> scores against his former team. That's what the Vancouver Canucks, not the Minnesota mm. Wild. But uh, anyways. Um, that one's tasty. Yeah. Positive news, though. Three Vancouver Canucks inducted into the... Hall of Fame this weekend, uh, Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin, and Roberto Luongo. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, Hoppy, how much I love the Sedin's. You know how much I respect Luongo. What, what is,
1: what's your thoughts on them entering the Hall of Fame? Do you think it's it, it's warranted? Well, I, I want to lead with this. Rank the three. Not, not who you like. Like who is most deserving? In order. In order, uh, Henrik.
0: Henrik, Luongo, Daniel. That's... Wow. Yeah.
1: I didn't expect the Sedins to be split. This is weird. <laughs> I know, we don't split them up often. That, that, that feels a little dirty.
0: <laughs> I think only Willie Desjardins split... Oh, no, Torts split them up once, and, and everyone <laughs> freaked the fuck out. That's funny. Um, but of, no, I mean, cor- of course it was Torts, too. I mean, Henrik being the center, being the playmaker, just the way that he saw and the game. The way that he saw the game, you know, when you're, when you're at that elite level as a center, it's just... Is just a little bit above the, the finisher in Daniel Sedin. Not to discredit the way that Daniel Sedin saw the game too. To be able to play with Henrik, to be able to have that synergy, to do things on the ice that no one will probably ever do again. You have to be. You, you have to be at that high level. You have to obviously see the game through a different lens, a, an elite lens. But I just think that Henrik was on a. Was on another level. A slightly, slightly advanced level. And why put Luongo in the middle? Yeah, he didn't win a Stanley
1: Cup. Uh, I, I see what you're going for here, though. He didn't you're, w- you're literally ranking them based on how long they served as captain. Yeah. <laughs> no Henrik the longest, Luongo the second longest, and Daniel never did.
0: Man. Luongo's the captain. What a hilarious year that was. Year that was the thing. Uh, good marketing for the Vancouver Canucks, I'll say that, but uh, yeah, yep. one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League to never win a Stanley Cup. Honestly, when Luongo... I would put him as second best. When Luongo was on, unbelievable. Like, we we as Canucks fans watching had the utmost confidence that nothing was getting by him, and even if the Canucks played dog, sh- like dog shit in front of him they could still at least get a point out of it because Luongo yeah. was not letting anything in.
1: Would, would you agree that he is the second best to never win a cup?
0: Uh, bes- Behind Lundqvist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Okay. 100%.
1: Good. We can move on. Uh, yeah. I, I do think that these are deserving players. Weird that they all get inducted at the same time. Weird that it happens when Canucks seem like they're at their worst. Yeah. Like it it's kind of the last hope and the, the saving grace for fans' sanity. Uh, other names that were inducted into the Hall
0: of Fame in this class, Daniel Alfredson, another Swede. Um, Rika Salinin, um one of the most decorated Finnish women. Sick name. Hockey players of all time just to go over just some of her stats here folks when she played in the women's Finnish Liga in 135 games 395 points When she played internationally 241 games 300 points playing in the the women's uh, SHL the SDHL 92 games 119 points I can go over more of the stats she played in the Swiss League as well and you know different divisions of uh, Finland but you you can see that she torched Everywhere she played and was a pioneer for, you know, women's hockey in Finland. So that was a really cool inductee. I didn't, you know, quite frankly, I didn't know much about her at all. So it was cool just to to go and look at her stats and her story here online. Uh, what is this? Uh, three gold medals, one silver medal, six bronze competing in you know, work. World, uh, World Hockey Championship. And last but not least... Uh, A a really special name also to go in this year. Uh, Let me make sure I pronounce his name correctly because... You won't. (laughs) Because to be quite honest, folks, I didn't know who this player was either before going into the Hall of Fame. Herb Carnegie... First Canadian, uh, first Canadian hockey player of Jamaican ascent. One of the best black hockey players at the time. Now he played, you know, fifties and sixties. He was denied the opportunity to join the NHL at the time because of the color of his skin. This was in the era where you know Jackie Robinson was making waves in, in baseball, and hockey was just so far behind. In that, this guy had had the talent, had the drive, and you know, quite frankly, was deserving. To be in the National Hockey League, based on all of that, and because again of the color of his skin and you know, racism at that time, especially in Canada, especially in Ontario, he was denied that opportunity. He went on to be a very successful businessman, and now is and, and throughout that time as well was uh, was very well respected later by the hockey community. Um, I believe he's passed away, but it's cool that the that the hockey community and the Hall of Fame are honoring him uh, with this induction.
1: All very deserving. Obviously, you can check out the coverage across many outlets. Um, last piece here for me. Um, first, we'll, we'll lead by shouting out our good friends over at Wild Takes, uh, part of the 10K Takes family. Any of you that aren't checking them out absolutely should be. Worth the listen. Lately, they've been a little bit lighter on the episodes, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be coming back strong here soon. Uh, In the most recent episode here from this past week, uh, you hear our boys, Dev and Zuch, uh, giving their wild takes and then some of the ones that they don't see as wild at all. And I'm going to label this one as an absolutely wild (laughs) take. Uh, Zuch, no uh, hard feelings here, but for you to... We're going to just say with the, uh, the confidence with which you laid out that The Dallas Stars don't have the star power of the Minnesota Wild at any position is the wildest take I've heard in a long time. Um, they literally trump us at every pr- position with star power, where the Wild are probably stronger is some of the depth. But you look right now, yeah, maybe Flurry's a bigger name. Ottinger's the better goalie right now. I don't think many are going to argue with that. Fleury's been great here recently, and we'll get into it more here on the other side when we dive in deeper with the Wild. But, like, no one's taking Fleury over Ottinger. There's no way. You're going to tell me that between both teams on the blue line, the biggest star isn't Miro Haskinen? I I just refuse to believe that. And then you look at the first line for the Dallas Stars— They literally match up and beat us. Like, yes, Kirill Kaprizov is probably the biggest star in the forward groups. But when you look beyond number one, like that first line, you match him up with Boldy, Zuccarello, and Kaprizov. Kaprizov is the only one that shines out the other three. If we're going to go with the old geezers, you're taking Pavelski over Zuccarello. No questions asked, unless this is a beauty contest, because Zuccarello (laughs) is a gorgeous motherfucker. Yes. Again, having a great season in his own right, but... Joe Pavelski is another level. 17 points, 15 games, eight goals. And Matt Boldy is the truth. He is a big piece of the Wilds' future. I'm sorry. If you want to come at me and say that he's better right now than Rupe Hens. you're crazy. Uh, like, am, am I taking crazy pills here, Isha? Like, no, man. Wh- what do you think?
0: I I wish I could disagree with you and so we could go back and forth here, but but I don't, man. I really don't, and especially on the defense. Haskinen is Hedman Haskinen 2.0. is
1: filthy. Dude, he's Victor
0: Hedman 2.0. Like, at at the end of his career, hopefully we're comparing the two and, 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 and both their careers and, and you know, wondering... Who, who's the better defenseman now i know one's yeah. swedish one's finnish it's nothing about their nationality here they just remind me so much of each other the way they play
1: and yeah i i, I agree with you there hundred percent well we'll make a post out of that for uh the soda pod get people's opinions also shooting it back over to the 10k boys um i have a feeling that dev's gonna agree with me but zuch I want you to fire back, man. Tell me why you think that the Wild have more star power at every position than the Dallas Stars. Give me some substance here. Let's beef it out. Let's go back and forth and have a little bit of ping pong here with us just arguing with each other's dumb takes.
0: (laughs) There you go. And that's incentive for all SodaPod listeners to go and listen to the rebuttal on 10K Takes. Boom.
1: All right, folks. Game's back on. On the other side, we will dive a little bit deeper into the Minnesota Wild.
0: And we are back in the final segment of this episode where we are devoting it all to your Minnesota Wild. Now, fresh off the loss here to the San Jose Sharks, the Minnesota Wild doing their best Vancouver Canucks impression. And I say that in regards to them blowing leads. Um, Thoughts on the game, Hoppy? Where do you want to start?
1: I mean, first, if you came to me this morning and said both Minnesota games are going to overtime and you have to pick which one wins, I think we got the outcome everyone would have chosen. Uh, but it, it's a bummer to your point, right? Having a two goal lead with what was it? Six minutes left when they started yeah. the comeback? Like that's a tough look. I don't know if the team is gassed. I don't know if it's, Hey, we got back from this road trip and we're settling in back at home. I don't know if it's injuries, you know, the, the second goal by that Gustavson let in from Nico Sturm, all-star Nico Sturm, who Bill <laughs> Guerin should have never traded. How dare he? Um, I don't know. Not a great goal. It was deflected. It was weird, but still one that you'd want him to have. Uh, I don't know, man.
0: It. I, I wouldn't say that the game, though, was was costed by by that goal, but no. that, that, that he cost them the game by any means. Um, and it's funny because like literally a minute before the onslaught started, I was watching the game. and I was about to tweet like I have a bad feeling about this. The sharks are racking up the shots. Yeah, like you pointed out, the wild just seemed to be a little tired. And and then LaPanta said on the broadcast, like, momentum in sports is a real thing. And bang, bang, bang. Two goals. The shots, they outshot the wild, and we go and we go into overtime. Now, credit to the wild. They looked they looked pretty good in overtime. You know, they, they didn't obviously end the game there, but it was an it was an exciting overtime period. Um, and then they didn't get it done in the shootout. They, I mean, they walk away with a point. They needed the win. I mean, I, I think the wild are continuing to bury themselves this season. You're
1: a little bit more, no, well, I mean, it, you're a little bit more positive positive. Well, and, and wild and penguins, both five out of a possible six points, their last three games. Like that's a positive thing. Even though the worst of the three teams is the team that both of them lost to in overtime. <laughs> Weird how the, the parallels exist there. I, I don't know, man. I, we're going to say it every episode, I feel like, for the next couple of weeks, until we hit Thanksgiving, I don't look at shit right. until Thanksgiving. Like, everyone needs to calm down, especially with the injuries. Like, thankfully, we don't have any, like, key key injuries, but there's players that matter well, that Hartman, aren't playing.
0: Hartman, he, he's key. He's
1: key to this team. <laughs> is, he, is he a top five player for this team? No. That's a key injury to me. If you say someone that contributes and plays meaningful minutes, okay, any team that's, like, the top two-thirds of their team. So, I don't count that. Okay, fair enough. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. Again, like any injury matters if it's someone that's supposed to be one of your starters. But I think it's less less about missing him per se in the wild, having to
0: fill the gaps with let's be honest, players who are still very green, players who probably need reps to be able to help the team succeed and again no disrespect to some of the young guys who are playing tonight and some of the call-ups like they played relatively well but again relatively well isn't going to get you far in this league
1: I'm going to challenge you on that though it's what showed us that Mason Shaw absolutely is an NHL player yes and you know what we we would have never seen him come up and get this extended experience I can wholeheartedly say I do not want him to play another game in Iowa
0: yeah and as a result of injuries and stuff like that there's always a chance that you find that gem they're like oh this guy is an nhl player and with this opportunity he's taken advantage uh, of it and, and has ran with it and sure that's a that's a positive in everything that's going on here silver lining if you might Yeah, this episode i'm just gonna, that's going to be in the title for sure but uh, but at the end of the day that's kind of how i'm looking at this team it's like you're 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 not plugging the holes permanently, you know what I mean? Like you, the stopgap and they're not they're not necessarily rising, all of them rising to the occasion. Now again, Mason Shaw, great story. I, I hope he's here to stay as well. But I mean Beckman didn't look that great tonight. Cremarosa didn't he, he look that great moments. tonight. He had his moments well, That's what I'm
1: saying. Moments. But, moments but, but, moments are gonna win games. No, but I want moments from a player like that. Cremarosa, he's not gonna be an NHL guy. He's not. And I hope he does. I hope he proves me wrong. That's not like to shit on the kid. Like, he's a yeah. he's a hell of a player.
0: Fucking love Cramarosa. But
1: he's, he's a guy that you... He's kind of the Kyle Rao bubble guy. Yeah. He's the guy that you inject into your bottom six when you have injuries and you need some energy. We saw it from him, right? He went out and popped in back-to-back goals, didn't he? Uh, back-to-back games, that is. Not no, yeah. back-to-back in one game. But, like, to your point, not sustainable, not a long-term cog. But Adam Beckman, if we're seeing okay things we're seeing flashes that's progress for him because he is going to go back down but you want him to take those things and then go back and kind of bully guys in the AHL and be able to build on the experience and I guess
0: you just hope that when you're playing a team like the Sharks that there's more room for these guys to make some mistakes and learn whereas tonight there wasn't and that's that just sucks as a fan to watch
1: uh hot seat me by the way uh Middleton went tarps off for the intermission interview and I'm sorry he puts Kalen Addison to shame wow he is he knew beefcake absolutely um we got it we got to clip that from South Park beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now I have to mention uh going back since uh, again we we lost this overtime game we won a different overtime game I'm gonna declare that the Minnesota Vikings just stole Labatt Blue from Buffalo <laughs> I'm drinking Labatt Blue Light right now. I think we're stealing it. I think we're claiming it. It's an incredible light beer. Um, We're certainly in the market for a a light beer option, too, because Isha over here is already tingling a little bit from the bottle we split earlier in the episode. (laughs) Um, we, we just need a light option for the little guy, and I think Labatt blue light would be an incredible option.
0: So some positives from this game, though. Addison <laughs> honestly looked incredible tonight, I think. Incredible's uh, a stretch. He he was fine. I, I, okay, I said, I used the word incredible because I didn't, I didn't find any, or I didn't see any glaring holes in his game tonight. Like,
1: he was, he was solid. And um, I will throw, uh, and this is, like, super nitpicky, okay. right? In overtime, he looked like he was kind of sitting and watching. Like, he was out there with Caprizov and Zuccarello, and he just fucking froze. And Kaprizov was like, dude, get the fuck out of my lane. Like, move, fill a different area. Like, he kind of got caught puck watching a little bit. Yes. In overtime. Yes. The reason You're that that right. bothers me is because that should be an area he flourishes.
0: Yeah, his finding, finding where to be on the ice in 3-on-3 overtime for him has been a challenge. I've seen it. A few times this season
1: as well, but and let's be real: has he ever played three on three outside of like his limited exposure in his first year and a half in the NHL? I mean,
0: probably not. To be perfectly so, honest, like, so he's
1: he's played less than a full season of NHL games at this point. Probably hasn't been involved in that many three on three overtimes, especially because last year you know he wasn't going to get any time because he was barely getting thrown in. Yeah, Okay I think it's something that's got to be learned. But I, I just wanted to call that out because no, obviously I am like the Addison Crusher, the apologist. I want to see major improvement there because he should be out there and he should be playing half of the overtime and he should be driving it.
0: Anyway, as you should point out, that kind of stuff for sure. But the five 5-on-5 five game, I was I was impressed. Okay. If
1: anything, again, I saw more blunders from Brodine. Uh, yeah, he almost let up a big one going the other way. Fumbled into the blue line, Meyer goes down. And it, it's just great because we were joking too that – Dumba's right there trailing him as the goal's happening, and you know Wild fans would have found a way to turn that into Dumba fucking up. You know they would have. Everyone loves and defends Brodeen, which, hey, I'm on board with, right? Again, small stint of him not playing his greatest hockey, and he's had a couple of okay games in the later stretch. We're just used to him being, like, almost flawless. Yeah, we're we're used to not having to address Brodeen because of the level to which he excels. So... I, yeah, there's, there's still some kinks being worked out there, but that's okay. Double um, play decent tonight. He actually had some, I, uh, some like tra- trade him now. Horvat. That's an easy, that's an easy deal.
0: <laughs> one for one, please. Let's one go One for
1: one. Jesus Christ. Some people, man, that, <laughs> that there should be like a base level IQ test for you to get on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. There goes half of Twitter. Um, or
0: but- to get Twitter blue, because now I'm seeing people with like 100 followers who are paying for this, and I'm like, oh, you got me. I thought you were like of <laughs> so- someone of significance. By the way, I can't get Twitter blue. Not that I was
1: going to get it, ladies and gentlemen. He absolutely tried to, and that's why this is coming out. Only, only Apple users can get uh, Twitter blue. I mean, it's called natural selection, sir.
0: I guess it's just the majority. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Shootout. Uh, Let's
0: talk about the shootout. Some interesting, um, uh, in, an interesting order of shooters for the Wild
1: and San Jose. Uh, how does San Jose not have, uh, there's just some big boys that didn't shoot. I care less about them. The Wild, I I love what he brings to the team. I am not picking Jewel Eric's neck in my top five shooters yeah. ever the wild i don't care how hurt they are that's not his game it's like he's Even going he to came try up, to sh- like we kind of laughed about it like oh yep he just kind of chucked that one at the leg pad okay and that's the thing it's like he's going five hole every time like <laughs> let give the fucking kid some confidence let rossi shoot yeah why like, not why why the fuck is rossi not taking intent uh, and maybe, maybe it was partially based off of how the game went like maybe he was having an off night whatever i don't i i still don't know why you would pick Eck over him for a shootout And I, I again, I I don't know this
0: to be fact. And for anybody listening, like, please let me, let me know again at the soda pod on Facebook and, and Twitter. We love to interact with you guys. Maybe there's someone else on the team who just excels and has like has the dangles. You obviously practice some shootout in practice, right? I mean, even if it's like for fun. I know, you know, watching Pittsburgh stuff behind the scenes with like the HBO stuff way back in the day. You know, Flurry had Flurry and Crosby. They'd have their games with the shootout and things like that. You have to imagine that there's some diamonds in the rough who just excel at that part of the game. They just have those dangles and maybe, maybe not, and that's why we haven't seen it, but I have to imagine, like, go to the well a little bit. Maybe that's a Rossi. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's even a Beckman. Now, I know the trust isn't there with Beckman yet, so that might be a stretch, but why Eck? I just don't get it.
1: And maybe it's rewarding a guy who put his, you know, puts it all out there. I get it. It's just like rewarding a guy's giving him a minute, so an extra many, minute or two in the game, yeah, there's, not there's, when the not when the game's on the so line. So many guys, I would have picked over him for the shootout. That's all. So, um, but that's, I mean, a minor coaching blemish. Um, Boldy absolutely had the goalie beat. Just yeah. lost control of the puck. And he was upset with himself.
0: You, you saw that after
1: Zuccarello's attempt, pretty lackluster. Caprizov just made it look oh. so fucking simple, dude. That was just silky. He,
0: I, we're gonna say this. <laughs> until he retires but he's just something else man like he is just an absolute stunt and a joy to watch what did mark paris say on the broadcast like worth
1: every penny worth the pennies and uh, shout out and call out uh michael russo you do your job way too well you gotta chill the fuck out on twitter because you're ruining the shootout for me yeah like (laughs) give it Um, at least 10 seconds give at least 10 seconds my phone and it was actually really funny because we were watching the game and it was it was two to one at this point point. And like just joking like, ah, we probably deserve two overtime games. It were Minnesota, right? And literally five seconds later I get the notification from Russo, goal, Nico Sturm, tie game. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And he's just like, What? Goal. God damn it.
0: <laughs> like, Russo, give it, it at least ten out. seconds. Give it at least ten seconds after the goal. So yeah,
1: after the first attempt by Zuccarello was ruined for me by uh by Russo, I just oh. buried the phone and uh did not look again. <laughs> so,
0: anyways, good first two periods from the Minnesota Wild. Maybe coming off that Western trip, their their legs are just a little heavy. In I mean, the third good period. not great though. Good not great. Again, like we, th- I guess that was the thing going into the third period. It was they were they were only up one nothing.
1: They were surviving, and for me, again, it's it's a matter of the team they're playing against. I think we all know that San Jose is a bottom dweller. But by the way, Minnesota Wild uh, marketing team, like. I know what you're tasked with doing. You're not choosing to do this, but goddamn, giving me two emails in the same day, promoting this game, saying, uh, let's see, Shark Week in parentheses and Jesus Christ. And then uh, what was the other one, Isha? Um, oh, yeah. No way, comma, San Jose. Oh, my Ugh. goodness. Just cringy. Problem is, there's probably a lot of fans out there that love it, so like, I'm in the some minority. People,
0: some people really love the puns. So.
1: They will eat that shit up. But um, uh, please, just stop.
0: <laughs> last thing, and I'll, and I'll throw, I mean, credit to the Sharks. Their penalty kill, fucking insanely good. Like, that. that's one of the most in- aggressive penalty kills I've ever seen. They were on the wild. They barely, like, they barely... They didn't make it easy for them to get an entry at all. As like it was almost like they were reading their minds. It was it was really actually crazy to watch and obviously rooting for the Wild here, but I was I was in awe. And I was like, "Damn. This is this is insane." And I know the Wild's power play <laughs> isn't anything special, but the fact that the Sharks seemed like they were reading
1: straight up reading the playbook was was something pretty crazy to to witness. Verbal meme. Henrik Sedin is the Sharks. Daniel Sedin is the wild, mind reading. (laughs) Um, And that kind of stems perfectly into my overarching theme for this week. Uh, First off, thanks so much, NHL. The week after deer hunting, making the uh, West Coast trip. So we have 9.30, 9 o'clock, 9 (laughs) o'clock. Like, you really put me in a spot. I was Um, also sick, so it was just horrendous for me. I was like, I'm just dying here. (laughs) You're still a little nasally. Um, So biggest thing right now for the wild is we've done a full 180. That's right. Not 360, folks, because that doesn't make any goddamn sense because then you're right back to the way you're facing. 180. We're going the other direction here where defense and goaltending is carrying us. Offense has dried the fuck up. And again, partially injuries. I'm okay taking that a little bit, but still, like this is not a good pivot for us. I mean, it's back to more what we expect, which I guess concerns me more because it probably will stay this way. But... Goaltending has been great so far. Marc Andre Fleury looks back on yep. his game, gets his 72nd shutout against Seattle. And then, like, defense has looked solid. Penalty kill has been great throughout the trip. Um, for me, let's go back. Uh, first one uh, worked out great for the wild, but why do we hate fun? Why do we even have the offsides review? I hate it, I passionately hate it, want it out of the game. It's so dumb that that inch, like, yes, that's the rules, but, like, to go back and review that for something that proceeded to play for, like, another minute that a ref never would have seen, so close, um, man, it's just really, really dumb, and we lost a really good goal because of it. Um, zegris of course, just a freak of nature. Oh, my God, that's that's another guy that I'd love to see Bedard with long term. If it's him or Johnny Hockey, mm. I'm I'm set.
0: Man, I just, I want, I, I know we were talking about this earlier. I just, I just want NHL players to go back to the Olympics because the U.S. team is going to be fire in a couple of years, man.
1: Uh, it's going to be. Not already. I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Yeah.
0: Canada's is still good. I mean,
1: <laughs> although, again, I said uh, it, I said uh, it, on I don't few- know. dude, as soon as you lose Crosby and Bergeron, you got no winners. <laughs> <laughs> no, point out the winners, please. <sighs> Um, I'm going to take a pass That's right, you can't
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Dowdy's not He's going to be way too old Dowdy's going to be point. old by
1: then Stamkos is old by then Find me a fucking winner Maybe Point I, point, ju- I was the just going to say,
0: Brady I, like, I was just going through like, the Tampa Bay
1: Because <laughs> I was like, alright, cup winner the last few years Tampa, Tampa <laughs> Point is the only one that I'll hear in this discussion But, uh, McKinnon? Ah, uh, barely. Yeah. Macar. <laughs> okay, McCar. Yep, Macar. Every your other trump Canadian card. on the. No, no, no. Macar. There's your trump Nazem card. Kadri. Nah. I nah. think he. Nah. He's I, a. Winner. I think I think he would be a great bottom six guy. He'd be fun, depending on where he's at. Obviously, when the time comes. Uh, okay, I'll I'll hear that argument. Okay, okay, we got three there. Still, big difference and drop off from Crosby and Bergeron, and Marchand for that matter who's older than I realized, weirdly enough. Um, back you know, to the road the, trip. So back to the Ducks game. Uh, that was one where you saw Dumba unraveling a little bit. Again, he largely looked fine tonight, and he's had his ups and downs. Um, but, man, it just sucked for that game. Like, the Anaheim Ducks are bottom feeders defensively. Like, they are the team that, if they have the puck, watch out. As soon as you get the puck, they're terrified. Yeah. Like. There, there's nothing good working for them on the defensive end of the ice, and poor Gibson's. By the way, yeah, poor Gibson. I wish that he could have played in Pittsburgh, like God intended. Um, Deer fighting Bowler was a bad luck.
0: Yeah, I and mean, like, good for
1: him for like accepting the challenge, but like he got fucking bludgeoned.
0: Yeah, I mean we we still saw it. Both of his eyes are bruised up in this game,
1: man. And yeah, I love how everyone tweeted too uh, that the the Wild's goal drought finally ended in that Anaheim game <laughs> after one hundred and fifty nine minutes and forty five seconds. That's wild to me. What a drought! That's a that's a really rough drought. Uh, Kaprizov of the power play goal. I've honestly thought it was a soft call that led to the power play. Like it was it was a stick lift. There was no hook. He literally lifted his stick at the hand. I wasn't thrilled with it, but again, it is what it is at that point. Um, hey, I think the real. Go ahead. No, no, because I, I was going to go go to the Kings game, so that's what I'm doing now. I, I think the real interesting one here is I'm very much of the mind that in the next like year or two, L.A. Kings are the Minnesota Wild's biggest rival, and that
0: would be so much fun because hey, the, the Kings are on the up and up, right? The Kings are they're going to be they're going to be a damn good team. Like I said,
1: they're right there with the Wild for prospect pool too. Oh, absolutely. So both are on a similar similar trajectory. Shoot, I would say the Kings have a better prospect both pool. Both have old school badass bosses at the helm yep. with Garen and Blake. Dude, can we get like a charity boxing match between the two of them? I Man. I honestly don't know who would win. That'd <sighs> be a really good one. Yeah, I'd love to see
0: what like Vegas, Vegas lines open for with that one, you know?
1: So I think the problem is I would lean Garen, but I think Blake's got him on reach and that makes a difference.
0: So Blake could just piece him up on the outside and Garen would try to get in the pocket and just go for that killer blow sort of thing. That's that's how I that's how I see that
1: that boxing match going. Nah, I see them walking out, throwing the gloves down immediately and just grabbing each other's shirts yeah. and wailing. Just going <laughs> on in style. Like all the whistles are going, they're dinging the bell like, "No, no, no, stop, stop. You're both disqualified. Don't fucking care." <laughs> in be- in between rounds, Garen, someone give me a cigarette. <laughs> but uh, so Isha I want to hear your thoughts on the uh, Kaprizov Dowdy incident. Oh, my God. Obviously, we saw Kaprizov gets ejected from the Kings game. Uh, No further punishment uh, after review by the league. Thank goodness. Kaprizov gets sent out, gets five in a game, and. Drew Doughty, obviously, uh, bye bye, waving, waving him down the, the tunnel, bye bye, waving. But there's also beforehand the extracurriculars that were occurring where he was pretty much all over Caprizov. So a lot of things to package into that one moment. But like, what are your thoughts initially? So,
0: and I want to get this out of the way. It was 100% a retaliation, and some sort of penalty had to had to have been called. Was it as bad as how people made it out to be in that, like, oh, he just cross-checked him to the face? A, it wasn't a cross-check to the face. It was more of a downward motion. So, sure, maybe more of a slash. And I would honestly, in my opinion, it should have been called that way. It didn't hit him in the face. It hit him in, like, the shoulder and glove, as Russo pointed out, was the primary or the first point of contact. No,
1: no, no. What he
0: said is that Kaprizov's glove hit him in the face. And anyways, slashing motion, not cross-check to the face is a lot, and and I even thought so at first anyways, but upon looking at the, the replay... It looked
1: bad in real time. It really did. Like, I don't blame the refs initially. Like, that looked really bad. Yeah. Upon looking at the replay... Not as bad, and no. oh my goodness, is the league getting soft that he gets
0: ejected for that? Now going into the, how the rules are in the National Hockey League, and Hoppy spelled this out to me,
1: Mister well, UFC. I calm the fuck well, down here. I didn't, I didn't spell it out to you. I had it spelled out by Russo, and then I just copy pasted and passed pass that on over to me. It's like he should chill. <laughs> um, and I'll and I'll, I'll pass it over to you. H to, is all against the pussification of yeah, you know,
0: absolutely. And I'll I'll pass it over to you in a sec here just to kind of run down like why why it transpired the way it did, but the fact that it was just like they go for the ejection right away, and again, this is me without looking at the exactly how the it should have been called and how the rules are set up there. It just felt that way, that, okay, a little bit of a retaliation after, again, credit to Dowdy getting in his head a little bit, trying to get that reaction out of him. Dowdy played the game within the game, and he won, but I don't think that Kaprizov's retaliation warranted getting ejected from the game because that obviously was a huge hit to the wild. And in my opinion, if Kaprizov was still in that game, they had a very good chance to win. He's their best player, and he didn't look that bad in that game until—he didn't look that bad in that game at all. I mean, no one looked good in that game. Yeah, Offensively. Offensively. Fine, but you know what I'm trying to say. That that was the catalyst to them losing. That was the catalyst to them losing, 100%. And again— Credit to Dowdy. He won the game within the game. But come on, guys. This is hockey. This is hockey. This stuff's going to happen. And sure, if it was a blatant cross-check to the face, that, in my opinion, is intent to injure. This was, I'm pissed off, and I'm just fucking trying to slam
1: your stick or just your arm away from me. That's my opinion on it. Right. Well, and then here's my take, right? I'm with you. Like, I'm I'm with fans, largely, that overreaction, like, shouldn't have been an ejection. But, hey... It looked bad. I, I, I kind of see both sides, but wasn't that bad? No. What concerns me though, is that he reacted. Period. I understand it was a really frustrating. His gift. Wires crossed
0: a bit. Malkin yeah. style.
1: <laughs> right. That's the Russian wires, man. But that's gonna happen against a lot of teams, especially come playoff time. He needs to be able to eat that. He needs to be able to just keep playing his game. Fair,
0: but I'll rebuttal and just say that, like. For the most part, he is with everybody else in the league. Dowdy's that one player who seemingly can get under everyone's fucking skin, man. Now
1: watch this shit, though. One of them is going to be a wild card. One of them is going to be high seed, whatever. They're going to end up playing each other in the playoffs. And (sighs) Drew Dowdy owns real estate in Kirill Kaprizov's head. He does. Not because Kaprizov is worse than him or thinks like Dowdy has him. It's just... He knows Doughty's coming. He knows he's going to be chopping. He knows he's going to cheap shot. And Kaprizov's not a fan of it. I mean, no one's a fan of it. And I'm with Dean Evason, too. You need to fucking protect good players. You don't see this across the league with other stars. And, yeah, sometimes it happens and sometimes things are missed. There, There is no way that Kirill Kaprizov draws as few penalties as he does. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like, and I'm I'm not the one that, like, says, oh, fuck the refs. Like, oh, let's complain. I'm with Everson on that. When you have an elite caliber player like that who plays the game the right way, like, he's not bringing it upon himself. Like, if you want to have Matthew Kachuk, who's, like, an all-star talent, and be like, oh, he shouldn't be, like, tre- no, no. People should be swinging the fuck away at him because he does it to them. Grokaprizov should not have to take liberties like that that were clearly penalties. Like, this isn't, like, borderline shit several penalties taken there that should have been called on Dowdy. it's bullshit it's supreme bullshit 100% you still can't retaliate you yep. still can't fucking
0: retaliate and again and, and, then, and then as a fan again and i'm going to say just as a fan that's what frustrated me it was like the refs allowed Dowdy to do all this to him and finally he does something back and they eject him and that's it's why
1: always I, the one that retaliates gets and,
0: against and God. that's why i was just furious man i was i was fuming and hey i was i was sick it was late i, I wasn't i was Probably just zonked out of my mind on Night Quill too, and I was just like, "This is just the worst case Ontario."
1: It was great too, cause like the whole thing was about intent to injure, and like I was kind of leaning into it during the game. I'm just like, "Oh, it can't be intent to injure when it's intent to murder." <laughs> Some people didn't take kindly to that. But. So,
0: so let's go. Like, let's quickly go over the rule set then, and why he wasn't ejected,
1: and why it wasn't. It's nothing exciting. It's just you can't have a major. But it had something um, to do with the high, high sticking, stick, right? right? Yeah. High yeah. sticking. There can't be a major, so it's either minor penalty or ejection. Like there's no in between. I didn't know that was a rule. Russo put that out right away, though. And okay, I guess that's the rule. Do you agree? Do you think there should be an in between? I who am I to make the fucking. I'm um, no. I'm just me? asking you. I, whatever the rule is, enforce the rule. You're no fun. You're no fun. <laughs> what do you think it should be? Um, I think we already know what you think it should yeah, be. Yeah, everyone knows what it <laughs> my That's thoughts about gonna, about it. No, I, I think it's a great rule, Isha. Tell me <laughs> why I'm wrong.
0: For instance, incidents,
1: incidents like this where it could... It oh, could... so the one time that it affected a team that you follow, we should change a rule. Kind of like... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on this shit. Kind of like shit. one time with Landeskog, and now we have ruined offsides calls forever. <laughs> one shouldn't make a precedent.
0: Okay. All right. I'm going to take note. It sounds weird, though. I'm going to take note, and if like on every other time this happens this season, even with other teams, and I will, we'll see how many times it stacks up. And and if Uh, anyone
1: listening, DM us if you actually believe him. And if there's zero, there's chickens dick chance
0: that that (laughs) fucking happens. And if by the end of the season. It's, it's a pretty high number, then then I think I have an argument here.
1: You shouldn't even notice the one tonight in the San Jose game, and he's going to be like, <laughs> oh, I'm keeping good track. I'm keeping my tabs. Oh,
0: man. Anyways, uh, LA Wild, <laughs> yes. Unbelievable rivalry that I think is brewing. I agree with you on that. And, man, I—
1: Well, the, it's there with the Dowdy and Kaprizov. Inject Fiala, inject the skill of both teams, like—
0: Yeah, and it, they very well could meet in the playoffs. That'd be so fun. And that would be electric. Like, seven games of back and forth? Ooh. Man,
1: Sign me up. I'm just trying to think. Is there a way that either team could lead their division? I feel like the Kings won't. Wild, no. I don't think will either, but I think they have the better chance. So we need the Kings to be a wild card, and we need the Wild to finish first in the Central. I need that series. I need it. Not because I think that it's a good matchup for us, just because I think that would be a hell of a series hey, to watch.
0: And if we don't see it this year, we very well could see it the following year with with how these teams, you know, knock on wood, are on and the years up years to up. come,
1: for sure. Yeah. Maybe if they ever fix a stupid fucking playoff format.
0: <laughs> um, anything else you want to get into
1: in regards to the road trip? I mean, they conquered their demon. They, Even though it was only a 1-0 game, yep. <clears throat> they did beat the Seattle Kraken, so that's fun. Um, how am I just learning that Middleton also played for the 76 oh my goodness I didn't even know that because that jersey looks beautiful oh my god he
0: they're just showing highlights of it right now folks oh my goodness
1: Mm-mm-mm-mm. oh and he still he had the mustache back then too, the stash. oh my goodness wow man I really like him like he's he's literally right there with he's he's behind him but he's right there with Addison for me I love those two players I would never buy an
0: OHL jersey but I was I was tempted just for a second watching him in that. But then I was like, I don't know, fuck the OHL.
1: Or because it'd be way too much work for you to figure out.
0: I could 100% And and, figure and you it got out. some
1: PTSD from my China experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got two for you got two for one at the end of the day, so. There we go. You should be happy.
1: Uh no, nothing crazy to cover. Um I'm I'm a little worried that Greenway is just like Damaged goods. Like yeah, can, he cannot can, stay like, healthy. What's the over under on games for him to play this year? Like it has to be under forty. I was
0: just gonna say it yeah,
1: has to be. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. um Is it, he being it's rushed concerning. back every game? Do you think? Or I don't know. That's a good question. I, problem is, we'll never know because we'll never get the the yeah. like, level of injury report that we'd want. And I don't blame NHL NHL teams for not doing it when there's rules in place that allow them to conceal a lot of it, but.
0: No, but at that's this concerned. point he's he's glass, and it's like okay, stop trying to patch up the injuries. case good enough to play. If if he really needs time to recover, give him the time. Give him the time. Adjust, you know, make adjustments, and he if, if he can, he comes back later in the season. But I feel like this is just this is uh, this is just hampering the wild from moving forward in that they have to rejig the lineups, rejig the roster every time he comes in and out, in and out. And again, we've talked about this on past episodes. There hasn't been any... <sighs> Any like sustained chemistry this year with with some of the, like some of the new lineups as a result?
1: Well, they've also changed the lines so goddamn.
0: Up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there hasn't even been an opportunity for them to to gain some chemistry to kind of have a few games in a row playing with the same line mates, other than obviously like the top line.
1: And I mean, I don't know if there's a way around that, right? Like, that's not uh, a criticism on Dean. It's more like. Man, it'd just be nice to have a consistent lineup.
0: No, but I, I think there is a way around. I think it's, okay, Greenway's not coming back for,
1: for two months, all right? we. Let's- That's one piece of the problem. There's sure. Several but okay, injuries that lead to this.
0: Yeah, but okay, let's let's at least just try to address that. Okay, we need maybe someone with some sandpaper who can fit it with, fit in with the G, G line. Let us let's, let's try to really focus on that, and maybe we find something. Maybe it's eighty percent of what we need from a Greenway
1: on that line, but at least it's something. Move on. It's also easier said than done. Of course, when, but well, no, no, no. I'm I'm saying the, the Greenway piece even easier said than done when this is a team that will not accept not making playoffs they were on a losing skid probably rushed greenway back but like it's very clear to everyone that again while he's third fiddle on that line he's still an impactful piece of that line and that line has not been what they were in years past we need him back to fix it and if the team's going on a skid they're gonna probably force him back it's stupid but that's the way it is that's an ownership decision
0: yeah, and I I just don't agree with that. And I am with I, you. I and don't I, agree I get, either. I get the politics behind it, but it's like there, there's a, a there's a human's health factor here and don't you well, want him to be guaranteed, better for your team down the road?
1: He's saying he wants to play. Otherwise, well, okay, they're not playing
0: okay, him. what athlete and, and even like I'm again, folks, I'm you, you know this. I'm a huge like fight fan too.
1: Like you have to protect them from themselves sometimes. I totally get that. I'm just saying it's not like it's a, a health thing where it's like they're making him play. No, but you know, he it, wasn't. If he didn't think he was ready, he wouldn't be playing. Yeah,
0: I, I, I mean, I, I suppose so. But anyway,s it, th- it's frustrating. That's, that's a
1: big problem with injuries too. How do you know how healed the player is? The player knows better than anyone. Like, they have to be. I'm, I'm with you. You gotta sometimes protect them from themselves, especially when it's more of a head injury thing. But yeah, like, yeah. with an with a upper body, lower body injury, if the player says they're good. And you don't see anything that tells you otherwise, how can you argue with it? Okay, fine.
0: When it comes to a point like this, in and out, in and out, in and out. Okay, you're not fucking fine, dude. You're taking two months to recover. Like, isn't this the straw that breaks the camel's back at this point? Where it's like, we've tried so many times, you said you were good, clearly you're not. Like,
1: Yeah, problem is, isn't Greenway kind of like a snacker? Like... If you give him two months off during the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the stuff in between. Yeah, you know who's he's, his he's, new roommate? He's going to chunk up. You know who's his
0: new roommate? Rossi, go there and get him on your fucking meal plan. Because <laughs> Rossi looks fucking lean, mean, fighting machine. You really think that Rossi's going to be like, hey, Greener, do this? Well, I am just I just threw it out there because he's like in fucking tremendous shape. But- I also actually had no idea that they were roommates, so that's... I didn't either. I'm just like, maybe get, be like, hey, you're, you're living with him now oh, because he's... Okay. Because he... Isha he, he,
1: has now reached the point that not only is he dictating two months of rest for Greenway, but he's actually assigning him a, buddy, a roommate. Uh, yeah, f- buddy and, system
0: here. And a chef. I'll fucking cook for him. I'll make sure that he stays lean. Seventh Avenue Pizza's not keeping that guy lean. Uh, you know, I'll cook him some damn good Persian food. Okay. Some sabzi, some good protein. We're good to go. If
1: you say so, man. <laughs> um, but no, that... Uh, that was the biggest like outlying thing. We just need to figure out where the fuck Greenway's at, health wise. Um we would be remiss if we didn't mention Wallstadt's goal. Oh you know Fleury, by the way, saw that and he's like he's gonna be on an absolute mission to get an empty netter this year. Mark andre Fleury loves going for that shit, too. All the way back to his Pittsburgh days. Like, he, you see him light up when a goalie's out of the other net, and he's trying. He's like, give me the fucking puck, please. Please, I got to do it. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Markstrom in Vancouver loved to do it, too. Uh, I don't think he ever got one with the Canucks, but he tried so many times.
1: <laughs> uh, last two things, though, here. First, Isha, part of this last week, was making him a true American citizen. He now has an American mobile phone number. Oh, yes. So if anyone wants to get in contact with me, hit me up on Twitter. hey But uh, more important, th- anyone that has seen any of our video, live stream, whatever, if you haven't, please like just go to YouTube. I don't care which video you click. Just go to one that you can establish based on our voices, that it's Isha and I talking. Nice gal. Very friendly gal. Helping us out. Getting Isha added onto my phone plan. And dead ass serious. Oh has my god, nothing I know to do you're with you're not. This. this is a phone this plan that has several people on it. Dead ass serious asks if we're brothers. Anyone that's seen us knows for many reasons that we're sure as shit not brothers. I mean, I am half American, so like, you know. We say no, <laughs> and she's like, like, she looks puzzled. She's like, hmm. So you gotta you gotta be like cousins or something then, right? Like I don't know. You guys just look so similar. I I, I want to know what she's taking. I do. I want to dabble of it. Oh, you guys! You guys great. really look like you're uh, like you're related. Okay. <laughs> Unrelated too. Uh, I was talking to somebody else like randomly, said something about uh, like one of their relatives like taking Xanax for like certain things, and another relative taking it more recreationally and the way they described it to him you take it and you just feel like you're a marshmallow <laughs> never before have i had a better sales pitch for me to try something <laughs> I'm not going to because you know i'm i'm a good boy i don't break laws but that just like is such an intriguing prospect like you, you're a marshmallow i, I want to feel like a cloud <laughs> but what
0: is it though is it a cloud or a marshmallow <laughs> uh I'm sure there's some
1: room for sure it varies. Varies by dose. You varies start dose. you start as a marshmallow, you end as a cloud. <laughs> Ooh, or maybe the other way. I don't know. But uh yes. Uh whatever this gal was on, I'd be intrigued to try some. it was just like I was shocked that she like wouldn't accept that we weren't related. Maybe it was the glasses? I don't know. I don't think the gla- I maybe, and I think I,
0: I might have had like a little bit of facial hair that day too.
1: I'm just I'm reaching at this point. I have no idea. <laughs> Big old reach. Um. All right. Last thing here that has to be hit. Great people, incredible people over at Wabasha Brewing. Uh, our boy Jason, who has been featured on the podcast, feel free to go back and check that out. Maybe on YouTube. No, you shouldn't put that one's on YouTube, on YouTube. But, it's but if you look it up on podcasts. Google,
0: Wabasha, the soda pod, it'll be the first, it'll, it'll come up in the top of your search.
1: Yep. Uh, contrary to belief. Yes. Shout out Matthew. Uh, it is not in the city of Wabasha. So do not make plans for that because that would be quite the trek. Uh, no, this is in St. Paul. Right over the bridge. Right over the bridge. Uh, they will be hosting a wild watch party on Tuesday. Um, Cool tap room, like really cool, like rustic, like not quite dive bar, but kind of that type of vibe, which I love personally. I know Isha's big on it too, but they have incredible beers, good spread. We both went in there this weekend to meet up with our boy Jason. Tried a couple of them out. Um, I highly recommend two that are unorthodox, but we've got the Horror Frost, which oh. is a white stout. So Very good. Uh, similar, I would say, to the Immortal Toast. Maybe a little bit more sweet aspect to it and a little difference in the the flavor vibe. but Easy to drink, though, folks. Great great beer. If you're getting into craft beer. Well, and it, it's a it's... good one, too. If you want to get into stouts and porters, like this oh, is yeah. the most approachable version of a stout you're great ever going to have. Great point. Um, the other one for me, and this is a weird one, I know, but it's also one of their more popular beers, is the... I think it's called the Jalapeno Popper. Now I'm actually... Catching myself. I don't remember for sure what it's called. You'll go in and there will be one jalapeno beer. Have it. It's delightful. As long as you don't hate spice. Like, it's not super it's it's not spicy, spicy. It's, but it's not no, spicy. No, but it has spice it. It has to a it. kick. It has if a you're kick. on a ketchup palate, it will be spicy. So be careful, but most of you should love it. It's great. Um, Smoky get, jalapeno cream ale. It, oh, it's so good, man. That there, that one and one other one that I've had, and I'm trying to remember what the other one was, if I'm being honest. But to, oh, yes, it's a Jack Pine up in uh, Brainerd area, we'll call it. Uh, they also have an incredible cream ale, jalapeno creme ale. But, yes, get out there. They have 7th Avenue pizzas that they sell right there in the tap room. We're going to have 7th Ave on site. Sounds like some boys from Soda Pot, or Soda Stick and Better Edge will be there, by the way. Betteredge.com slash sodapod gets you $20 for free that you can go in and throw on whatever wild game coming up here that you think that they're either going to crush or get crushed. Um, But yes, good spread, good people out there. I know Dan Winnesota is making a special trip out there just to meet Isha. Just to meet He's going to be so fucking disappointed when he shows up and sees what he sees, but it's okay. He's like, oh my god! I thought you looked like
0: Hoppy. I thought you guys were brothers.
1: <laughs> no, she's like, oh, I thought. I don't know why I was so excited to come out here. <laughs> I thought it was a
0: literal baby with a cigarette in its mouth. Come oh, on now.
1: Yes, there's some that think that too, um, but yeah. If anyone wants to just hang out, watch the game. It's a road game, so you can't go to the game anyways. Uh, come meet up. We'll watch. Uh, well, f- several ex Wild players for the National Predators. Uh, big, obviously, uh, central rivalry. Two teams that'll both be gunning for playoff spots for sure. Uh, which, weirdly, St. Louis probably not part of that discussion. Uh-huh. It's, got, a bu- it's a beautiful thing. Everyone about got it. mad when I put them as six, too. Yeah. Suck it. Shh. Now they'll probably go on a tear. So, apologies. But yeah, the Wild may not be in
0: St. Paul, but will be there. At Wabasha, and we want to meet you all. So if you're if you're a listener of the Soda Pod, if you're listening right now, please, if you can, come hang out with us for a bit. Try some of the great beers at Wash Wabasha. Hell, if you don't even drink, they have they have some other stuff on tap as well, kombucha and some uh, and some other things. It's just going to be a fun time. And we love meeting listeners. We love meeting hockey fans. And like Hoppy said, we got the boys from Better Edge, Seventh Ave, Soda Sticks. I mean, it's going to be so much fun. I'm excited to do more of these this season, Hoppy. Um, when we went uh, to Waconia a few weeks ago, that was so much fun as well. Got to meet some listeners of Soda and got Made some new hockey friends as well. So that's what this is all about. It's all about us just connecting, networking, and we're, we're really excited to to go there and uh, host and see you all.
1: Well, yeah, maybe even got some new listeners there. Uh, calling you out, buddy. I know you know who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> Our uh, goalie fiend who became an AHA coaching yes. legend. Uh, you have my phone number. Text me if you're listening right now, and uh, you will be on our next podcast. We'll have you back on. We want to see the bus, dude. But oh, we want to see the bus, and we want to see the fucking cave. the clubhouse, <laughs> dude. That I'm excited for that. But yeah, oh, <laughs> well, I can't wait to bring my camera and you'd, get the, the real tour. Hit us up, otherwise we're just gonna know that you passed on us. So there
0: you go, Wabashaw on Tuesday, folks. Hope to hope to see you all there. Um, I think that's it for today. I think
1: that's it. I'm running on fumes. So Ready I'm to bad. go, fumes.
0: All right. Well, let's give a quick shout out again to those who make everything possible here on the Soda Pod. Those are our partners here. Better Edge. Hoppy already ran down. The promo code Seventh Avenue Pizza, the best damn frozen pizza in all of Minnesota. We made two of them today. <laughs> yeah, and now Chicago, I believe, somewhere shipped to as well. There going be in some stories in Chicago oh, and Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So Seventh Ave, everything's so shitty in Nebraska. They need Seventh Ave. Exactly. They, 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 need, they need they need to pick me up, and they need the best damn frozen pizza in the world. If you haven't already tried the breakfast pizza, folks, I'm not. I'm not a guy who look. Put it this way, I like tomato sauce on pizza i'm a traditionalist in that sense so like the bacon cheeseburger one though it's still great it's not my favorite the breakfast pizza the 7 a.m that came out no red sauce on that one and so i was a little suspect going into it oh my god it's it's honestly it's amazing especially if you're like a breakfast fiend like myself that just adds to like just how amazing it is but i feel like even if you're not it's something special Try it now. It's pretty much hitting the shelves at most Lunds and now a bunch of hy around Minnesota. If you want to double-check where you can find 7th Ave locally, seriously, just add them on Facebook, add them on Twitter, and you can even... They, hit, they got it covered. They'll you let you know. You can either just hit them up, they'll let you know, or if you just go to their page, you'll see they, they share... All of their their customers who share pictures and the locations of where they got their pizza as well. They've kind of made a little community out of that. So you'll be able to find one. Go check out and, and get you some 7th Ave today.
1: Uh, very important, though. People need to understand this because Isha gives me a lot of shit for putting ranch on pizza. And actually, a lot of the time it's just dipping the crust. But I do definitely dip normal pizza into ranch. It's delightful, especially if it's Hidden Valley. Isha, the sicko that he is... Took his breakfast pizza and dipped it into tomato soup. You're an absolute lunatic, and you can never criticize me for having ranch on pizza ever again. I mean, it's pizza in a tomato base.
0: How is that weird? It's You dipped it in tomato soup? Well, mostly the crust. I don't believe 80% it. 80% the crust.
1: <laughs> really? Because the crust usually doesn't have sauce anyways. So why would you complain about not having sauce... And then have to put uh, no. It I, into to, I beg to differ. Seventh
0: abs they, they barely don't have a crust. It, it's it's it goes right to the end, and usually it's covered in sauce anyways. So, so the whole thing got it. Yeah, the
1: whole thing's <laughs> crust. We we just established that the entire pizza's uh, crust. Okay, yeah. And um, he should definitely. I'll concede. I, that was a little fucked up, <laughs> but I like it. Okay, and you know why? I, you know what? I'm not gonna concede. I have one. I have one. Point. I love. I love how you backpedaled so hard, tried to play defense. and Now you're like, no, I'm standing up for myself. Uh, yeah,
0: I have. uh, uh <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I got nothing.
1: <laughs> all right. Wrapping up. Um, also got to give love. Get your waggle on Waggle Golf has the best getups. Isha is wearing the beanie right now. The toque. Um, you all see me all the time sporting their polos, quarter zips, hoodies, hats. You name it. It's all incredible. Make sure you're following them across social as well because – Every time a new release hits, you want to make sure you get there before they sell out of your size. It's incredible. Uh, and lastly, good old Mark Parrish, who was, uh, of course, helping with the game day festivities. You all see him. Looks brilliant now that he has glasses. It's kind of still weird for me to Professor, see that. Professor yeah. Parrish. Yeah, Prof, Prof Perry. What up? Um, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> incredible. Best vodka in the land. 5% goes back to hockey. What else do you need? And, of course, there's just endless mixers. It's kind of like BYO beverage. Yeah. I'm actually kind of curious, like, what other people go for besides the the usual, right? Everyone has Bloody Mary. Everyone has Screwdriver. Red my, Bull vodka. My, my, yeah, Red Bull, but it's got to be the blueberry. Ooh, yes. I'm the weirdo that, like, just lives and dies by the fresco with vodka. Um, if anyone has any cool ones, let us know. We'll definitely sample Capri-sun them. Pre Sun for uh, me. Do them on the show. Yeah, that was an interesting one. <laughs> oh, I remember, by
0: the way, my argument. People dip Jesus. grilled cheese in grilled tomato cheese. soup. In tomato soup, I didn't have grilled cheese, so I dipped another cheese-based meal type of food in pizza into the tomato soup. It's not that fucked up, okay? It's a little fucked up. It's not that fucked up. It's just weird. weird. We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, again, shout out to all of our partners here. Uh, you guys are all amazing, and please support them, folks, because they support us. All right. <laughs> With that being said, signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside the State of Hoppy. This has been The Soda Pod. We good, man? Yeah. Don't fear, just drink some beer. I hope to see you all at Wabasha on Tuesday, and stay wild.